Welcome to the Lisa Fisher Said Podcast. I'm Lisa Fisher, a longtime broadcaster and journalist and now a health coach based in Arkansas who's been in front of a microphone or a camera since the 1980s. I think of myself as the queen of Arkansas media. I started this podcast in 2020 to help you live a better life. And today I've got certified functional nutritionist Lisa Winburn from Colorado on with me to talk gallbladders, livers, and what estrogen dominance is really doing to you. She even gives tips on managing some health issues. You'll get to meet her right after this. Big news for our friends at Ralston Family Farms. That's because you can find their products now at Whole Foods. Now, I can find their products at several places in central Arkansas, but I know I've gotten listeners all over the globe, and there might be a Whole Foods near you. If not, you can always go to their website, RalstonFamilyFarms.com, and order some of the rice products. And that includes the grits. Yes, the grits are rice grits. I cook those often. Um, They're great cheese grits. It's something, you know, just about every member of your family will eat. But also that website has the recipes. And that kind of my go-to when I'm trying to, you know, people. It's hard thinking of recipes all the time and what to cook these people. But I have no problems because when I go there, I can see the cilantro lime chicken rice bowl, the red rice s'more bake, the rice salad with pineapple cucumbers and pecans. Doesn't that sound good this time of year? And you know, with Ralston Family Farms, it's good for the environment and good for us all because of the regenerative farming practices they employ. Those are sustainable practices they employ at Ralston Family Farms. Plus, you can see a photo of the fam, 10 generations of farmers, and they've got mom, dad, the kids, and even the grandkids help out. I love what they do. I love the quality product that they put out. I also love the integrity involved, and I love the Ralston family. You will too, RalstonFamilyFarms.com. She won most talkative in high school, and she has been running her mouth ever since. Welcome to the Lisa Fisher Said Podcast with your host, Lisa Fisher. All right, we've got uh, Lisa Squared here on the broadcast. And this Lisa, the one I'm pointing to and pointing to myself, I'm very passionate about things, but I think you have me beat. And you really, your social media is so good, Lisa, because you're directing it to women to empower themselves to be their own advocate. What is your biggest passion then for women in gaining, regaining their health? Regaining their health, I would say, is listening to your intuition, getting in tune with yourself because so many people are living from their neck up. They're not connected with their body. They have given up their power to the experts and they are no longer making their own health decisions or listening to their own signals. So I would say getting back in tune with your body and what your body is telling you because your body has an intelligence. And your body really, I now say, doesn't whisper, it shouts. But sometimes we're so deep in the weeds of maybe what a medicine we're supposed to take or what an influencer says that sometimes we turn a blind ear and a blind eye to what our body's telling us. Now, I know one passion you have that I really enjoyed learning about because I don't think women address it enough, and it's the gallbladder and liver. So which, which organ would you like to start with first? Oh, let's start with the gallbladder. I kind of um, self-proclaim myself as the gallbladder girl because it's so important. Um, you know, it, it holds bile, and which is what the, the liver makes the bile. So I guess um, I really am focused on the liver, but the gallbladder is sort of the first like signal like, oh my gosh, something's wrong and I need help over here. And so, but there's such a misunderstanding about what the gallbladder does. It's not the gallbladder that had the problem. It was the liver, but the liver is sort of what gets the attention first. And so, um, you know, when people have gallstones or bile sludge, then their doctors want to take it out. And it's like, no, don't do that. You need to do liver support. You're going to be okay. Let's back it up. Just like you said, let's not remove any organs. Let's keep our parts. We're not an operation game. We're not playing operation here. So, um, yeah, I really want to support women because bile, I consider bile the sexy fluid. Okay. It's what the (laughs) liver makes. (laughs) It's so sexy because it helps your body absorb the fat soluble vitamins, vitamin A, D, E, K, omega-3 fatty acids, and phytonutrients, 
which is what makes your skin nice. It gives you good vision. It helps your libido and your fertility. And it makes you feel like beautiful and good when you're absorbing those fat soluble vitamins. So that's why I call it the sexy fluid because it's so important. I would say the gallbladder is really the gatekeeper for yeah. the liver. It's kind of a smoking gun, actually, of what's That's going on with the liver. That's a good way to look at liver. it. Yeah. Well, yes. Um, I only know because- Like if you ignore I, all the other know, symptoms, like if you ignore your brain fog and you ignore you know, skin problems, you know, you're ignoring these like subtle symptoms, then all of a sudden you're starting to have gallbladder pain like in your right shoulder and your abdomen yeah like it's the smoking gun like look over here something's going on well have you had problems then with your gallbladder or liver you know it's interesting i don't have gallbladder problems that i'm aware of but i had an intuitive energy reading a few months ago and then recently and she keeps telling me i need to go get acupuncture for my gallbladder to release. So it's interesting that I'm drawn to the gallbladder and I want to help women to um, improve their liver function so they can keep their gallbladder. And then my, me, myself, I don't even realize it. I need to go and get my gallbladder addressed. So I, but I take all kinds of milk thistle, dandelion. I eat cabbage every day. I'm supporting my liver, but I still um, potentially have to address my gallbladder. Well, my gallbladder connection was, kids, sit down. Well, Mama's got to read a story. <laughs> Twenty fourteen, I um, was in. I was perimenopausal. Didn't know it. I was gaining weight. Had no idea why. Couldn't. Nothing had changed in my life. You know, this was nine years ago, like so many women. Um, and I'd gained about fifteen pounds, though I was exercising every day. And that's when I was eating 19 times a day because somebody told me to eat a much. So I don't do that now. Um, but I think I saw something on the internet or somebody did. And I don't know if I got hydroxy cut, but I got one of those crappy oh. supplements like a car. I don't know if a Kardashian took it, but it was something like that. Right. So I started in like July of 2014. And within a few weeks, I started having upper abdominal pain and tenderness on my right side and pain between my shoulder blades and I'd run a fever. And so I didn't have nausea and GI distress like you think of with when you think your stomach hurts. Wasn't that, but it was, it, and it would come, it'd be every two weeks. And so my dear friend is an internist and he said, Some, something's not right. And then it finally progressed to the point where high fever because it was low grade fever and he's, and you can't get any answers sometimes unless you go to an emergency room. I'm never going back to an emergency room unless I have a gunshot wound or a cardiac event. But he was doing that because he wanted to simplify the diagnostic process. He said, I just want, you're going to have to go to the emergency room after six weeks. And sure enough, they said that I had stress and needed to take Pepsi or something. But that doctor came back to me and said, this is crazy. He said, I think you've got a blocked gall duct. And I read about the side effects on that. One of those, I can't even remember. I don't want to malign the wrong medicine, but it's not even a medicine. It's an over-the-counter thing. It's charlatan. It's crap. Don't take it. Clean up your diet. You know, you can do other things. And so I, um, you know, twirled my mustache like a mad scientist, Googled, and this is when you could get Dr. Mercola's stuff easily online. You can't anymore because Google shut him down because he's a truth teller. And Mercola said, if you have those symptoms, like I followed every symptom and I have an acupuncturist, I have all the things. And I did the Epsom salt and the apple juice. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. The apple cider vinegar. Oh, it, you softened the gall no. stones. Yeah, I was or trying to sludge. flush out my the the yes, the sludge and yep. girl. I saw things in that commode that's only been seen on the moon. <laughs> I have never seen stuff like that in my life. And it was hard. And it it's how they used to clean you out before you had a colonoscopy, like in the sixties and seventies, they would tell you to drink Epsom salt. Wow. And the yeah. unflavored, obviously, not the stuff that you put in your bathwater. Not the one that's rosemary, you know. Right. Because it's magnesium to the nth degree mm -hmm. and it cleaned me out. 
never had a problem since. Started wow. intermittent fasting a few years after that, and I'm back to my size I was in my 20s. So I was chasing the wrong rabbit. Yeah. You know? Yeah, interesting. And when did your, because um, thyroid, low thyroid also has an influence on the release of bile from the gallbladder. So if you have depressed thyroid function, you might not be releasing bile, and then it could get concentrated and start irritating the gallbladder yeah. and it, that whole thing. It could have been a perfect storm. And I just want people listening to see that what you take, even over the counter, it it has a medicinal value often in that something it has a side effect. It could, you know, and to look into that. And that the thyroid is the gas pedal to the body. So um my thyroid, I finally got the diagnosis in two thousand three. And this happened in I remember dates well. This a gallbladder incident happened in 2014. And of course they sent me to a surgeon and I really walked in with my arms folded because they do a HIDA scan to see the functionality of the gallbladder. And mine was dissipating. It was not dead. And so like Lazarus in the Bible, it came back to life. <laughs> I brought it back to life, but I'm saying you just have to be your own advocate. And yeah. I did the studying. I did the things. This is not medical advice. My attorney wanted me to tell you that Lisa and I are just talking about things that have helped us. Um, yep. But y'all, it helped. It definitely helped. And I saved that sweet little, it, it's a little bitty organ, yeah. that gallbladder. And it is, it is so important. I know so many women, and I've told this before, um, that go to their doctor in their 40s, fat, 40 and fair, and they're told, Let's just rip out your gallbladder. Like you're like you're going and having your nails, you know, filed yeah. down. Like like yeah. it's a drive-through or procedure. Plucking it your is eyebrows not. or something. Right. It is not. <laughs> and those women for years have a dumping syndrome. They have what Dr. Dave Asprey calls disaster pants, where because without the bile, Yes. So Lisa, does the food run through them and then they digest it so quickly that they feel like the, they have a dumping syndrome? Um, it just depends. So if your fat's not being digested, so bile helps to emulsify fat. So if you took some, just as a like a, an idea of what, what that looks like, if you took olive oil and you mixed it with laundry detergent and you shook it up, you get like this foam. So that's kind of what bile does. So um, I think what you can get is either like going back and forth between constipation and diarrhea. So sort of like a back and forth, or it could just be diarrhea because that fat is just like flushing through and you're not absorbing it and it's, you know, it's not being broken up. So yeah, you could get a dumping syndrome. Another really interesting piece of that fat 40 and fair is estrogen dominance. And that plays like we are For surrounded sure. with estrogen and that actually depresses thyroid function too. And that will depress that not only will it depress digestion, it's like the gate breaks on digestion, but it de uh, depresses the release of bile and it depresses liver wow. function. And the liver is responsible wow. for metabolizing and excreting extra estrogen. So then you get this cyclical, this very vicious cycle of high estrogen, low thyroid, and it just goes round and round and round. So that fat 40 and fair is probably an estrogen dominance. And when you think about estrogen, it's sort of like this grow hormone, like grow, grow, grow. And a lot of our meats, like our GMO meats and grains and everything, um, or like they, they actually give um, animals estrogen shots because it helps them to grow and like be big and store fat. So if you think that that effect on animals, it's also affecting us. So mm. pesticides mimic estrogen, plastics, chemicals in our makeup, in our food, wow. in the water. You know, we're, we're, there's so many uh, pharmaceutical birth control that doesn't get filtered out of our water. So we are in this <sighs> estrogen soup basically. And then that influences the liver. So it's not making enough bile and it's, it's not regulating cholesterol. It's just this huge ball of wax really. And I think it's the key. Like if we can understand estrogen, then we can understand and how to like interfere with that cycle. Then we can solve a lot of problems, which I think is exciting. I love that stuff. That's what makes me so excited to do the work that I do because it's like, wow, you know, like we have these problems, but there's always a solution. And in, and God actually helps you when you listen to your intuition and you get quiet and you, 
you're really searching and seeking, he provides answers for you. So that's another piece of that intuition and really, you know, crying out to God and asking for him to show you what's going on with your body. Um, I saw a post just this week um, and I saved it because I think this is what happened. My thyroid burned out at about age. It started sputtering at about age 37, 38, 39. I was 39 before I got diagnosed with thyroid disease and one social media influencer medical uh, healthcare provider called it thyropause <laughs> that as totally. you are perimenopause your thyroid also starts to dissipate because the gland will finally in autoimmune conditions obviously die and that makes sense because when you're in perimenopause your um progesterone levels drop putting oh. you in a higher estrogen to progesterone ratio and that's really what's important is that ratio of estrogen to progesterone so then that suppresses thyroid. So that makes a lot of sense that it can happen at that time. I, I know. I wish I knew that because I remember, because the thing is women, especially moms don't, or anybody, any busy woman doesn't have time to run to provider to provider, but she always would see if you've had a baby, you would always follow up with your obstetrician who then becomes your gynecologist, right? <laughs> so when you tell your obstetrician, who's now your gynecologist, I'm bleeding a lot. Um, a lot. Like I remember saying, I'm bleeding a lot. He goes, we'll just do an ablation. I went, oh, no, 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 no. We aren't. <laughs> you can. You can on somebody else. But I wish he knew to say, because I was 39 or 40, you know, about that time of just saying, well, why don't we look at other things? And I understand it's, he only gets 10 minutes with me. It's the way the insurance model's written. I, I get it. But I do wish somebody would understand that it wasn't just, it, it was all happening at the same time. Yeah. I was getting estrogen dominance. I was waking up in the middle of the night, but I didn't know that was a symptom to tell him. Yep. I just thought I was stressed. I, I remember I was homeschooling my kids at the time. I was on oh, the yeah. radio getting up at 345 and four in the morning. So I, ra- I burned the candle at both ends. Yeah. And I don't but think it was we really, knew all that. We didn't know all that 20 years ago. I think that this has really come yeah. out in the last 20 years. So you can't like, you know, the woulda, coulda, shoulda, if I would have only known that. I don't think we had that yeah. knowledge That's true. back then. That's true. Um, and another thing you brought up was the stress. So stress actually has the effect of decreasing progesterone, which also okay. can um, wreak havoc on that ratio of estrogen to progesterone. So it's just such like... The world we live in, we're stressed out, we're taking on too much, we have estrogen everywhere, and then the you know foods are eating and drinking. It's just, there's so much against us, but when you have the knowledge of what's going on, then you can, you're empowered to do something about it and motivate it. Because a lot of people don't want to give up their processed foods and all these conveniences, or they don't want to manage stress, but when you realize like what's at stake, then it's more motivating. I find. So let me look at it this way. I've never really understood till now. If there always has to be, there's always so much estrogen, testosterone, and progesterone in the bank. And the minute progesterone drops, estrogen gets all bossy and takes its place, right? Yeah. Okay. Yes. So that yep. makes sense to me. So really, anyone over 35 is about to face this no matter, because yes. people say, oh, I'm fine. My menopause was fine. I did great. Well, if you start pulling the curtain back and asking questions like, are you getting up at 3 a.m.? You know, are you constipated? Do you have diarrhea? Do you, are you puffy? Does, does your hair fall out? Because then if that- Moody, then, brain fog. Yep. Yes. Because the thyroid is the gas pedal to the body. So the yep. thyroid also helps control, it's part of our endocrine system and our sex hormones are a part of our ovaries, our endocrine system. So it's all making sense to me now. I need yes. a moment. All of the pieces okay. are coming together. And did you know that after menopause, the backup system for producing estrogen and progesterone is the adrenals? So the adrenals are like the insurance yeah. program for, you know, the ovaries and producing progesterone and estrogen. So yeah, that, supporting that's what the I adrenals. Think, yes, I'm kind of dealing with now with low um, cortisol all day. I'm wondering, have I burned my sweet little adrenals out? Because I, I do tend to run at uh-huh. high octane, like 
Yep. It's impressive when I get done by 10 a.m. I'll just say. (laughs) It's impressive, but that's amazing. I appreciate that. Mm, yeah, my body may be saying, you know what, simmer down there, Lisa Fisher. Um, let's give the adrenals some rest. So right. the adrenals then pick up the slack is what you're saying after menopause? Yep, that's right. It picks up the slack because your adrenals can make the progesterone okay. and estrogen too. Yeah, it's complex. Like our body is amazing. It's just there's okay. so many mm-hmm. uh, backup plans for when something isn't working, but we have to support it with the support. So the low cortisol though. Yeah, that's definitely. And the thing about um, low cortisol or adrenal fatigue is the best thing is actually just rest. You know, you can take all the supplements you want and that helps a little bit, but I think like three weeks of rest is probably the best medicine on that. (laughs) Well, I'm completing one week one. Okay. So, which is unusual for me, but I've had to say no to things. Yep. The and no vitamins, we went the no a, pill. It, that's right. And, <laughs> and no to activities. So yep. I've, I'm really today's day seven. So if you think three weeks will help, I'll, I'll keep pressing on yeah. and doing gentle movements. Rest hard. Getting- Resting is doing something. Resting is being busy. It's, oh. you can listen to all kinds of podcasts and, you know, just Stimulate your mind, but then let your body rest. Yes. And it's hard. (laughs) It is. It's hard. Yeah. As women, I mean, I'm there too. Uh, I love, you know, I love to just get up early like you do. I don't know. I get up at 5 a.m. And my, I'm just, I'm excited. I'm ready to learn things and do stuff. And I have a million ideas. (laughs) I have a million ideas. I don't have enough time to do it all. But just because I understand that about my adrenals is like, I don't want to push farther than because I want to have sustained energy and being able to feel a laugh, do the marathon instead of the sprint. Yeah. Good. Good for you. I wish I'd known that at your age. Well, uh, have you ever had any real burnouts? I mean, I've experienced a little bit of burnout. Have you like crashed and burned that you know of? Okay. Now, when my thyroid went out, I had a fatigue that I couldn't explain. It was like worse than pregnancy fatigue. I was napping three times a day, you know, like for 10 minutes, I would nap, I would get up, I would, you know, back down. My Mm -hmm. husband would come by and go, oh, is it time for your noon nap? I'd go pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) And at five o'clock before I cooked dinner, I would have one more nap. Um, So, and I, but my TSH was normal. I would just like so many women who are listening to this now, right. they go to their doctor saying, I really think something's wrong until I will, I do have respect for the physician who said, let's just look at your antibodies on your thyroid. Yeah. Anything over 39 is high and mine were 1300 then, then they got to 2400. So it showed that I was, I was pushing and pulling and I was out of juice. So yeah. I did, I did, that was about 18 years ago that I finally slowed down just a bit. To, yeah, and then I find a new a hobby. Tad. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, then get going right again. Yeah. So with, is it Hashimoto's that you have? Mm-hmm. It is. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there's an autoimmune, there's like three components of autoimmune. So it's like some genetic component, it's a stressful event and gut health problems. That's kind of what can kick off an autoimmune problem. So you could have like two of the three, you know, if you have um, stress and the genetic component, but you can keep your gut health in good order, then you can, you know, prevent well, no that. No one can but do that. Nobody I mean, can do that. You know, I know, I know. No I know. one knows. Hindsight's twenty twenty. And- no. Yes. And but do you work on your gut health? Is that? Yeah. Pregnancy. I, I yeah. I do work on my gut health, but you tell me how to work on my gut health because I, I do mm. eat a, a carnivore diet because that works for me, you know, meat-based mm-hmm. diet for me. Um, no processed foods, I mean, that I can think of. Yeah. yeah maybe. I, no, I, no I, I don't have any processed foods. So what are some of your favorite things to do to maintain or to achieve good gut for health? For gut health? Well, stress management is very, very important because your gut is connected to your brain you have this bi-directional pathway between your gut and your brain. So what you feel in your gut, you're going to feel in your brain. And what you experience in your head, your mind, you're going to experience in your gut. So just slowing down, doing stress management, exercising, deep breathing, meditation, that alone promotes the good, friendly gut bacteria. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. 
Isn't that amazing? That's free healthcare. Isn't mm-hmm. it nice to know that some things are free? You know, like going for a walk. A- Lisa, a lot of things are free. Yes. Sunlight is free. Sunlight. Sleeping is free. Salt exactly. is cheap. Good salt is cheap. But, yes, but exactly. keep going. So stretch management. Stress management. Okay. And then, so, you know, we have glyphosate. So this is Monsanto's herbicide and it's sprayed on grains and all kinds of GMO foods or seed oils. So the effect that glyphosate has is it kills a good gut bacteria because it's also, it's an antimicrobial. It's actually an antibiotic and it cleaves the cells that line your digestive tract. So it's doing all kinds of bad things. So if you can cut out GMO grains and, you know, avoid, we can't cut it out completely, but as much as you can diminish, that's, you know, good. So switching to reverse osmosis water or um, distilled water and then remineralizing and then cutting out grains uh, as at least non-organic grains Um, and then taking a probiotic, obviously, but food-based probiotics are the best like sauerkraut, kimchi, kefir, those kind of things. And then to help strengthen your gut lining, you can take L-glutamine, which is amino acid, and it's found in the muscle cells of your digestive tract. So those are some ideas for you. Um, and just, and then getting in sunlight because, and infrared, because, especially in the morning and more in the summer, because uh, the sun stimulates the production of melatonin in your cells. And then that is very good for the gut bacteria, the gut lining, my, your mitochondria, all of that stuff. So sunlight, it's just getting connected to, to nature, grounding, cutting out the processed food. It's like just getting back to the way we're supposed to live. It's kind of like if you want to know right. which direction to go with your health, go back to the way we were supposed to be, like connected to the earth and connected to the sun. <laughs> that your great-grandparents maybe lived. I know. Yeah, exactly. Because think about it. The, the reason we had um, pickled products fermented products it was because there wasn't refrigeration and they had to preserve it by putting in the good bacteria and they had healthy guts you know, know. It, it it perpetuates healthy gut yet we started going to the grocery store getting the pickles there are pickles that aren't don't have the good mother bacteria or you know mm-hmm. the good bacteria you have to kind of look at the jar my mouse watering talking about it i know that sounds I so good right now products and thinking of like so our grandparents much, but what and stuff, about, yeah. they were so tough. Like I'm, are. you know, it's 10 degrees in Colorado right now. I'm like, oh, I don't want to go out there. And I think about my dad and my grandparents, they're out there milking the cows and grabbing chicken eggs and stuff like that. And I think they were just hardier. They were, they were tougher. They were stronger because their gut bacteria was better. You know, they're regulating their hormones. They're outside in the sun. They're just like stronger people. And I don't know, that was a thought that I was having this morning because like, I don't want to be out there in this cold, but I'm coming, I come from stock that didn't mind the cold. So why, why do I, why does it bother me so much? And I I mean, I I ask that all the time. And I think too, the older we get, we see why everyone moves to Phoenix and Miami. (laughs) (laughs) It just feels better. The sunlight and the warmth. When we were young, we could play in it. Now, uh, Dr. William Davis, who wrote Super Gut, and um, he's the foremost authority on gluten, wheat belly. He wrote wheat belly. He talks about gut health and finding the right probiotic, but he said it's challenging because you don't really know which one you're lacking. So what do you think? He likes one called L-Reutery, R-E-U-E-R-T-I. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but I know that's kind of like one of his, ba- he thinks it helps with mental health and some other things. What are your favorites for a probiotic? Is L-Glutamine probiotic. a probiotic then? Um, No, that's an amino acid. Okay. Yeah. You know, it's going to be a good day. A good day to go to David's Burgers in Central Arkansas. It's Lisa Fisher telling you that David's Burgers has 10 locations and they're all delicious. Down to Hot Springs, we've got Little Rock, we've got the Bryant Benton area. And you know what? They have a drive through and they're one of those restaurants. You know, they're just a couple of them on the map, including Jess's Chicken, where they're so dang efficient and friendly. 
That's how they raise the kids there. Because you know, a lot of kids go flip burgers, right? Well, at David's Burgers, the Bubba's family actually invests in these kids. In fact, adoption is a part of the story for Jessica and Alan Bubba's. And then all the Bubba's who are there, you see the ones that work there. It's really just a great family place to go eat with your family. You get the ice cream at the end of the meal. You get the good burgers that are back there grilled. They are so good. And the unlimited limited french fries that come to your table and now they're selling beef where's the beef they have it at david's burgers check them out online and if you've ever been you know it's your favorite burger place in little rock davidsburgers.com hi friends i want to take a moment just to introduce you to something that i offer my listeners my friends my followers and that is an online course where you can start fasting Today, yes, I do love me some intermittent fasting. I am a certified health coach and I began fasting in 2017. It totally changed my life. It changed the way not only that I look at food and nourishment nutrition, but I take less thyroid medicine. Some autoimmune diseases have been reversed. It's really the magic of fasting. But sometimes people just need a coach or a partner. But, you know, it may be cost prohibitive to hire someone like me by the hour will do my online course. My online course, lisafishersaid.com slash academy. Right now for an introductory price is $49.97. You can start fasting today. The first video in that series is free. So go ahead and check that out. But I want you to get healthy and you can do it affordably. And then I'll save you money in the long run because you buy less food. <laughs> it's a great thing. I love fasting. I bet you will too. LisaFisherSaid.com slash academy. Well, the probiotic I take, it's for mental health, actually. It has four different types because the, the microbes in your gut bacteria, they help make B vitamins, they make antioxidants, and they make neurotransmitters. And so the I can't remember their names, but the ones that I take help to increase the production of GABA, which is right. a calming neurotransmitter. It increases serotonin and it increases dopamine. So when I look for um, probiotics, I look for the ones that are going to do certain things. Like this line is going to help produce B vitamins, or this line is going to help produce more serotonin. So, you know, get specific on which ones. I mean, taking a broad spectrum is good as well, but it's nice to know, okay, what do I need? Do I, do I want more um, antioxidants? Do I want better mental health, more calm? So think about what you're trying to achieve when you're looking. And a lot of times the one in the stores are not very potent or they're owned by pharmaceutical companies because what happens is small companies, they start out well and then they get bought up by pharmaceutical companies and then they decrease the quality and the potency to increase their profits. So probably stay away from uh, probiotics in the stores, in the grocery stores and go for smaller companies that care more about their reputation. Are you talking about like Thorn and Essential? I'm thinking of the different because la- I I get my stuff through Full Script, Integrative, okay. yeah, something something. I like- haven't really latched on to a specific product yet. There's a couple that I like, but I um, the the one brand that I kind of I'm affiliated with is Amari, and it's a you know it's a mental health uh, brand. Um, but other than that, I don't know. I I don't really like to attach to products or to brands because they can change. And like with Bragg's apple cider vinegar, that just got sold yeah. to, I don't know who, <gasps> but, but <laughs> I know. So we'll have to look for a different brand, but they're probably going to change the quality and who knows, or maybe not. I don't know. I hope not. Cause there's that little older couple on the front of it that I feel like I'm drinking something from they're apple from the cider farm, vinegar crop. From a small batch. <laughs> yes. Right. I know. I, I know. Do you, do you have certain brands that you like? I mean, professional brands are good. Just like hair salons, like when you go and you get, get professional yeah. shampoo, it's so much better than getting it off the store shelf. For I think sure. it's the same with supplements, is yeah. getting it from a professional. I will say, so magnesium is one of my things that everyone lacks because yeah. our soil is so crappy. Um, and Bioptimizers makes that magnesium breakthrough that has the seven types in it. I think that's a superior product. I am trying some others because I do have access to fullscript.com and 
you know, I can give people a discount on that kind of thing. And I have seen the same ones that are sold like in a nice pharmacy or in a, you know, I, you'll see online. And that's what I'm saying. I've seen some of the names, uh, Mercola's line is in there. Yeah, Mercola. I trust Mercola and Dr. Berg. You know, he gives a lot of free information on YouTube. Uh He's amazing. And so I really trust him because I feel like his heart's in the right place and Mercola as well. Mm -hmm. I do too. And Dave Asprey has some good products that he'll try and puts his name behind. So I, and I'm sure Dr. Hyman, you know, a lot of people are thought leaders. I trust them. Again, if it's connected to big pharma, I run the other way too. And yeah as we all should. Now tell me then, what is the magic if somebody's listening and she is having these symptoms and she's 40 and she's having constipation, diarrhea, da, da, da. What's the first thing you want her to do? Mm -hmm. First thing is stress management. So let's say she's in a state of estrogen dominance. So her progesterone's low. She's got high stress and she has high estrogen. So first thing is managing stress because Stress has the effect of lowering progesterone. So getting outside in nature, setting boundaries, doing self-care. And self-care is not like just pedicures and mimosas. <laughs> you know, it's taking care of yourself. It's connecting with yourself. I think like putting your hand on your heart is a really important um, activity you can do because you connect oh. with who you are. Oh, like feel good. your heart and feel yeah. your warmth. Doesn't that just feel good? Like connect yes. with who you are. And remember, like, you're a soul. You're more than just, you know, you're more than a human. We're a soul having a human experience. So, you know, connecting with yourself, journaling, um, exercising, going for walks. So that would be first thing. Then I would say she needs to really look at her diet, her cleaning products, the things that she's putting on her body and try to clean up what she's putting in. And then liver support. She probably needs to take some type of like thyroid replacement, like either a bovine or pig thyroid to help support her thyroid. Um, then liver support, like milk thistle, dandelion, lots of cruciferous vegetables. And then in addition to that, she probably needs to take an aromatase inhibitor because, um, or, or so, uh, your aromatase, it converts testosterone into estrogen. And that wow. ratchets up um, when actually, so something, one thing that causes that to ratchet up is actually low carb. So that's why I wanted to ask you more about keto and um, how you prevent, uh, how you get the right amount of carbohydrates so that your aromatase isn't increased and you're not converting more testosterone to estrogen. Um, how would I know that? How I just had the Dutch test and it didn't, my estrogen was, was normal was barely yeah. even in the normal range. I mean, it was kind of low and I do a pellet therapy. Mm-hmm. Okay. So something's well, keeping it at bay. I do yeah. take a lot of progesterone at night because I'm postmenopausal. So I take 250 milligrams of compounded, you know, it's a bioidentical hormone replacement therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do testosterone um, transdermally. So mm-hmm that may keep it all in balance. Yeah. Or but- you just know yourself. You probably, you're intuitive. You know what your body yeah. needs. Um, I was just going to say, this isn't medical advice, by the way. Oh, it's not. I've <laughs> already like, told them. No. Okay. <laughs> not medical advice. Um, but other things that can inhibit aromatase is black cohosh, nettle okay. root, and maca. Yeah. Um, and then yams have, so I don't, I'm curious about your progesterone that you take because um, I, with progesterone and taking hormones, your body senses that you're putting in more hormones and then there's like a feedback loop. It's like, and then it's going to produce less. But, um, so, but you know, we need, sometimes we need to supply more progesterone because well, there's no other option and we have to stop this cycle of high estrogen. So there's a time and a place, just like you said, there's certain over the counters, there's a time and a place for it. Um, but one natural way you can increase progesterone, which the science doesn't really back this up, but it's more based on what people say, is um, to eating a half a yam or doing a yam cream or yam essential oil, and that your body perceives that as progesterone. Just like we have all these estrogen mimickers that your body perceives as estrogen, it perceives there's a compound in yams that it perceives as, as progesterone. So that can help increase that. And progesterone is the happy, calm, feel-good hormone. Mm-hmm. So that was, that's what makes us feel sexy and calm and happy and, and estrogen kind of has the other, it's like this growth and, 
you know, we think of estrogen as like the female hormone, but I feel like progesterone is more. I do too. I absolutely do. I would say when I was in my forties, when I was your age, I started by going to Whole Foods and getting the yam cream. And then I knew when the party was over, when I was waking up at 3 a.m. Yeah. Wide awake. And again, I woke up at 3.45 or 4 to be on the radio. But my it was my provider who said that last hour is so important for your mental health, for your physical health, for every all everything, your parts to work. So yeah. that's when I had to segue. And I was still cycling. So my dosage probably wasn't high because progesterone is nature sedative. Yeah. And then once I slept through the night, we knew I reached a good dose. But then as you get postmenopausal, um, when a woman starts to have vaginal bleeding, it makes doctors or your healthcare provider, you know, <laughs> run like they're on fire. And so because I do see a nurse practitioner, she even handed me over to the surgeon and said, let's just talk to the surgeon. I go, Hurr! I get real defensive. I'm like, oh, I'm keeping my parts. And they said, we're going to keep your parts, but we just want to look at your parts. I go, you don't even need to look at my parts. What else can we do? And they said, well, we can bump up your progesterone. They said a common thing that happens to women in their 50s, 40s, 50s, postmenopausal is um, you'll have a little fibroid and it'll, yeah. it'll pop, it'll burst, right? And then you'll have some vaginal bleeding. And so remember progesterone's other role is to help shed the lining of the uterus. Yeah. Well, my uterus RIP, I mean, it's still there, but it, I mean, I guess it's still there. It's not dead, but my ovaries are dead. So that probably helped flush me out. And the doctor, she was so good. The surgeon said, Lisa, I totally understand your philosophy. Don't, cause I said, I, I just don't want to come in and have a, pers- I don't want you looking around. Let me see what I can do. You know, And she said, I get it. So she said, let's do this for six weeks. And it was almost to the day after six weeks of bumping up to a higher, uh, it was pretty high progesterone dosage at night. Um, It was fine. I stopped bleeding. So it took six weeks. And that's a good reminder for people because we are so, we want the quick fix, the overnight, the pill to just solve the problem. But we have to remember it does take about six to eight weeks to see changes. Yeah. In and what you're doing. especially hormonally, we say that in th- the thyroid world, we say four to six weeks before you get a full therapeutic dose of thyroid hormone replacement, even if you're doing um, the pig thyroid, because they're, the T3 has a short half-life, but T4 does have a longer half-life in it. And just, you have to wait just a minute, you know, and if you are as stubborn as I am and don't want to have a procedure, you'll wait. If yeah. you are more trigger happy and think, oh, sure, I'll just show, what, what time do you want me there? What, I don't eat or drink after midnight to the night before. What time do you want me to come? Right. I'm not that person. Yeah. I, I'm saying, wait, 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 wait. Let's see what my body can do. Cause I got yes. nothing but time. I mean, I, I'm not going anywhere. I'm with I'm you not too. Be, I'm in it yeah. for the long haul. Yeah. Let's not make any quick rash decisions. Yeah. yeah so, I, but, but at your age is when I started noticing it was it was really at your age that I started noticing that two thirty three a.m. wake up and that's probably they say at the late thirties is when your progesterone starts yeah. to decrease and mm-hmm. early forties I probably was there but didn't know what it was because again no one really communicated the way the hormones have to be balanced together and I'm now picturing like everything you said about every time one of the hormones drops out of the race, estrogen's right there. (laughs) Yeah. Take it over. Take it over. And estrogen, I know, is the one when women look down and and cortisol. Women look down and go, I have a spare tire. Yeah, the estrogen belly. Yeah. The estrogen belly, right. Yeah. And there are a lot of things. So that's where intermittent fasting has helped me. And I've never had a hot flash that I can think of. And, you know, and I'm a hundred years old. So, I mean, I've been here a long time. (laughs) You look young, you act young, you have a lot of energy. I think that's actually a better indicator of your hormones is if you have energy and you feel good. And, you know, because when you're the Dutch test and I don't, I'm not exactly sure how that all works, but I know there's a difference between like your cellular hormones, your cellular levels and your blood levels. And so sometimes they're not a good reflection. I mean, I think the Dutch test is really accurate and it gives you a good baseline and, and, you know, but if, you know, I think a better predictor is like how you feel and if your energy yeah. levels and if you wake up happy and excited and, 
you know, you have a good outlook. So kind of use both labs For and sure. symptoms. Yeah. For sure. That's why when I talked to my um, nurse practitioner yesterday and said, hey, my cortisol is really low. It's not even, you know, it's supposed to come up a little bit. She said, are you tired? My husband was in the car with me. He goes, no, she's not tired. He goes, she's <laughs> never tired. I go, I am. I'm kind of tired. He was like, no, people who are tired don't get out of bed. You know, people yeah. who are tired, he was like, you're not tired. I go, okay. So, because yeah. she said that is an indicator. That's what people, that's what I don't think anyone really listened to me when I said 20 years ago, I don't ever say this, but 20 years ago, I said, I'm tired. And they would say, mm. they would patronize me and say, it's because you're homeschooling your kids or you're on the radio. And I'd go, no, this is different. Like I yeah. knew it was a different type of tired and I couldn't get anyone to listen. Mm. And finally, that's why I became an advocate for myself. And I mm. read the I read books on thyroid, like people read a murder mystery. I would turn the page <laughs> and go, oh my gosh, have you read this? Because I was saying, I've been saying this, you know, and you have to find people who are off kind of the beaten path that yes. talk about thyroid and they're not running to pharmaceuticals. They're saying, yes. you know, let's do this and this. So yeah. um, what, what's your and opinion? Like you mentioned on salt. Did you oh, know, yeah. I just learned something. There's this adrenal cocktail you can take. It's basically fresh squeezed orange juice, Himalayan salt and cream of tartar because cream of tartar is potassium. Did you no know way. that? No I know. Way. I was Did like, not. this, this blows my mind. So cream of tartar is potassium bitartrate. And we are all kind of deficient. It's like magnesium. We all need more potassium because every cell is like a battery and you have potassium on the outside and sodium on the inside and creates an electron potential, creates a, um, you know, electrical difference. And that's what gives you energy that's responsible. And we're all supposed to be getting about 4,900 milligrams of potassium every day. And most of us fall really short of that. Maybe you don't because you're keto and you're eating probably a lot of salads and that has high potassium, but most people aren't getting enough. Well, actually, because I'm more carnivore, I swear I'm never going to eat another salad as long as I live. Um, so I'm mainly beef, butter, bacon, and eggs. But I found um, a supp well, a powder that has electrolytes and it has collagen in it. And so it's salty because mm -hmm. it's got sea salt in it or something yeah. and potassium. So I have been doing that in my water because I do think it's really, really important that people replace their electrolytes. Intermittent fasting is notorious for losing some of that because, um, we don't have enough electrolytes because maybe we're not eating as often and we I don't eat as much as probably when I did when I was eating 19 times a day. It was five times a day, but it felt, <laughs> I felt like all I did was eat. Um, so I have been known to just put salt in my hand and do that. And it said uh, low cortisol. You do need to increase salt, but yeah. I'm going to put some cream of tartar in it next totally, time. Totally, right? I know it's hard to get potassium. Even those electrolyte powders, it's like 2% potassium. Okay. So, you know, it's hard to get those, but I'm like, wow, this is so brilliant and it's so cheap. You don't have to spend all this money on um, like, because I was taking potassium citrate, which it's like cheap, but I didn't like the citrate. So did you know this about citrate is it's included in so many things they use to 95% or whatever of manufactured citrate is manufactured with black mold, aspergillus niger. Okay. So just think about that, like citrate. I don't want to think about that. I know, right? <laughs> I know. I mean, that really upsets me because I, you know, I take magnesium too in the form of magnesium citrate, like that calm stuff. Yes. And then I my love potassium calm. citrate. And I'm like, well, I'm getting black mold. <laughs> and I actually did have this like biometric test and they said I was slightly high in mycotoxin, which is a, probably black mold. So, you know, getting citric acid out of our diet. I don't want to scare everybody because we can't, we got to, we got to major on the majors, right? So yeah. don't, don't get real focused on all these like little things until you've cut out your seed oils and your high fructose corn syrup and processed foods. And then you can start focusing on other things. But, um, so potassium citrate, I was taking that and I'm like, I need to get a different potassium source. And then I found this <laughs> cream of tartar. <laughs> Like well, what about magnesium citrate? That's the one that helps with elimination and constipation. Would we should we include that? 
I mean, I think it's fine. I think getting your pooping isn't really important. So you got to move your bowels. And so take the magnesium citrate and then maybe look for a different magnesium after that. But it's so important because that's another thing is if you're not pooping, your body is absorbing more estrogen. <laughs> so, oh. You know, it depresses, if estrogen depresses the thyroid, and then that slows digestion, which means you're going to be absorbing more estrogen, or slows digestion, you're going to be absorbing more estrogen from your food. So, um, there's a guy I follow, Anthony J, J-A-Y, I think he's a PhD, and his book is like estrogen nation or estrogen, something about too much estrogen. He even says that lavender essential oils mm-hmm. increase your estrogen. And I've wow. removed all the scents for my laundry, but, um, I love well, lavender. That's sad. I do too. <laughs> I know. Well, look that up because he's, I, I, I have had him as a guest. He is fabulous. Um, but he's done the research on it. So yeah, I'm trying there's to find There's a lot of estrogenic things. foods. Yeah. I, there's yes. this Instagram account. I think it's like the feminization of men or something like that. Yeah. And he lists all these foods that contribute to estrogen. And it's sort of like, no, not that one. Like there's so many things on there that I like to eat. And it's a lot of plant-based stuff. Yeah. But I don't know how significant those things are compared to like GMO foods. You know, you got to compare... Yeah, you know that's what's true. the the biggest problem and eliminate yeah. those things and and maybe we do need a little estrogen from our foods. You know, like in your case, you said your estrogen was a little low, yeah. so maybe you could have some lavender oil. Yeah, well, and that was even the other thing you have to think about when you get these test results back. I highly recommend the Dutch Dutch for men and women because it shows the pathways too. Mm. It showed how much melatonin I made. I made a whole bunch. It showed. Uh, what my gut health was doing. like It was 19 pages. Like it's really telling. Wow. Um, but when I talked to the folks at um, Cornerstone Pharmacy here in Little Rock and you talk to the pharmacist, she reads them. And we happen to have a healthcare provider that would partner with me in Arkansas, but people do it out of state. I said, well, look, it's kind of, she said, it's kind of low, your estrogen, even though you take, have pellet therapy. And I said, well, should I increase it? And she said, we say if it's not broke, don't fix it. You know, Mm -hmm. she said, do you have hot flashes? No. Do you have brain fog? No. Do you have night sweats? No. And she went, then I'm a very slow metabolizer. I have had the testing done to see that I'm a very slow metabolizer. And like, I should be obese. Like I have all the genetic compounds to be obese, but I'm not. And because of my DNA. And, you know, recently on 60 Minutes, that woman told Leslie Stahl that, genetics controlled your weight more than anything. And we're all saying in the health space, no, lifestyle choices control yeah. it. That was an aside. Sorry, that was a little rabbit No, trail. that's a really good point. And your, and your thoughts about yourself as well, I think, control your metabolism. Oh, well, okay. Yeah. Count, go on that. I want to hear that. <laughs> well, the, you know, there's this, uh, there's been some studies where you serve people a milkshake. It's, I think it's the milkshake study, right? And you give two groups the same milkshake. One group, you say it's highly indulgent. It's like 1,000 calories. And the other group, you say it's like 250 calories. Their body processes that those calories differently. No way. Yes. So it has to do with their hunger hormone, their sense of satisfaction. So the group that thought they were consuming the 1,000 calories, they were much more like satiated and satisfied than the group that thought they were consuming a skinny milkshake. So that was the opposite of what I thought you were going to say the results were, because I was thinking that the thousand calorie ones would then have negative self-talk. Oh, that they, because I don't look at calories. So I don't, I don't know that mindset and I I didn't know where it would come from, but that's good. Well, I guess that ties in. So that was where I was going where like, you know, if you're at home eating something that you don't think that you should be eating, you're not in alignment with yourself. So you're doing something that you're not in alignment with. Therefore, like those calories are going to hit your body differently. You're going to feel guilty. You're, you know, you, you slow your metabolism down rather than if you're out enjoying yourself with friends, with family, and you know, you're having a dessert together you process, you, you're going to feel more satisfied from that experience. And then, you know, the next day it, you might not have as your, your hunger might be less and you might not crave. Oh, for um, sure. Yeah. So it really, yeah. Those thoughts and those feelings about what you're doing, the guilt, um, 
has an, has an impact. Well, Dr. Fung has famously said we're hormonally wired to eat and to stop eating. So leptin is the hormone that tells you you've had enough. And depending on what you had the day before does affect your ghrelin and leptin the next day. So it, it does, it is cumulative, the choices you make. So if you have a day where you have the cheesecake, eat the cheesecake, move on. Yeah. And enjoy it. Like just decide that you're going to enjoy it, you know, and move on on with your life. What's your indulgence? What do you like? If you thought, Ooh, my cheat day, I have blank. Well, it's interesting. I don't know if I'm just an anomaly, but I don't really have a cheat day. There's not really, um, I guess I'm, I eat like a little bit of sweetness. So I make this granola mix. It's homemade granola that I make with coconut oil and maple syrup and all kind hemp seeds and stuff. And then I mix that with pumpkin seeds, almonds, craisins, and chocolate chips. So when I need a snack, I have that and I have a little bit of chocolate chips with it. So I, I don't never really like deprive myself. And then I never really like overindulge. It's just sort of like this constant steady stream. So I feel like in my snack that I'm getting, it's like a dessert, but it's also well, like full of nuts and right. minerals and vitamins. That are satisfying yeah. be- because your hormonal wiring has told you to eat it. And then your hormonal wiring, Lisa, told you to stop because right. your hormones are imbalanced. So right. that's what people don't look at. That's why when you look at the back of a pa- package and Dr. Bickman says, don't get your food from bags with barcodes or boxes because the back of that package doesn't tell you where your hormones are going to fire and tell you that you're satisfied. Totally. Wow. Yeah. It's, just, it's so an accurate number that means really nothing. I mean, right. That serving size, that one ounce or 200 calories or whatever, you know, you don't, maybe you don't need that much. Maybe you need more. Maybe and, you need more. Right. And, and that's why you, going back to your intuition yeah, is so important. Listen to and your not body. letting, not outsourcing that to the experts or the packagers or the food companies. Yeah. Well, that's why people ask me. I I do it weekly Zoom calls for for a month, and on like week three of this about intermittent fasting, I say, okay, it's time to talk about can you do intermittent fasting and Weight Watchers or the protein diet? And I say the reason I say no is. You're listening to outside cues. Listen to your body. Your body will tell you whether you need to have a four-hour window or an eight-hour window. It will tell you, but you have to shut up. This comes from the girl who won most talkative in high school, so (laughs) that's what we call irony. But my point is, it's listening to your body to think, you know what? I may need more points today than they're giving me. And then those people who eat more points... They get to that self-loathing, that self-hating talk that I, oh, I, I, it breaks my heart that people have that about themselves based on something that was really just supposed to fuel us and satisfy us. I mean, God Mm -hmm. gave us these things to fuel us and to satisfy us. And it's okay if you have, like you said, my daughter does that same granola, but she puts a lot of sea salt in it. Oh, yeah. And so make sure, yeah, make sure that you put Himalayan salt or sea salt because it's It's nice and salty with the sweet that really hits something in your brain that you go. And sometimes we do it. She's dairy free. She does the coconut yogurt, but I do um, the raw yogurt I can get from a farmer here. I mean, I'll probably go to jail someday. I'm going to go ahead and confess that I'm getting raw yogurt or kefir or kefir, however you pronounce it. Um, Those are options too. And it's just so satisfying. So we've got to wrap things up. But Lisa, you are so knowledgeable. Your social media, I found you on social media and I I repost your um, content. You have great stuff. So what is your training? Are you a, a health coach, a nutritionist? What are you? Yeah. Well, I have a background in chemistry. I went to school for chemistry because I was going to get a master's in nutrition, but then I had a family, you know, raised kids and worked for a pharmaceutical company up until last year. I got really unhappy there just with the whole, you know, everything with the COVID and the mandates and stuff. And I just like really was unhappy. So I went back to my original passion. I enrolled in a functional nutrition program and I completed that last spring. So I'm a functional nutrition um, counselor is what, so I, I look at root cause. I look at symptoms. I help identify, you know, symptoms and I put together the pieces and kind of figure out what's going on. Um, but you have to be careful. Um, like I said, nothing is medical advice because we can't diagnose, treat, heal, cure, all that stuff. So 
Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I, I, I have some online courses. I have my gallbladder course that's actually focused on the liver to stimulate and regenerate the liver so it can make bile and you can save your gallbladder. And then I just created a weight loss course that actually talks Good. a lot about estrogen and all the other Good. factors that go into weight loss, like blood sugar and circadian rhythm um, and, and just all the different things involved in weight loss because it's a very complicated topic. Losing weight is good, not good, easy. Good. Yeah. To- oh, I totally agree. I'll put all that in the show notes. People need to follow you. It's uh, the Lisa and Lisa show and it was great. Yeah. Good job. This today. has been wonderful. Thank you so much. It was a big honor for me. Thanks for listening to the Lisa Fisher said podcast. Be sure to hit subscribe and download all the episodes and leave a review. Won't you? The Lisa Fisher said podcast is produced by ClantonCreative.com.